As usual, and we have an interloper. Oh, Jesus Christmas, or Crom Christmas, or whatever we're supposed to say. His name is. Kevin Christmas. Kevin. Yes, David. Yes, Kevin. Come on down. You know when my mom was holding newborn Kevin in her arms, she thought one day. One day there will be something called a bumper that says his name over and over and over again. And she was right. Yeah. And not just like, uh, not just the, the, the doctor's office going, Kevin, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Do, do we start? <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Keevan. Yeah, Keevan. Keevan, uh, iced, uh, caramel macchiato. <laughs> You're one of, what do you get that? What is that one called? The unicorn drink or whatever? The big pink one. That's like, 13,000 calories. Oh, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Unicorn. Unicorn drink, huh? Unicorn. I don't Unicorn. know. There was one that they were had a couple years ago, and it was... Uh... Do you chase that dragon at Starbucks, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> down in a hole at Starbucks. <laughs> down in... <laughs> down in a hole. I don't that I can be I just got to tell you, it's very nice of David to stay up here for two whole weeks to be in uh, I know we're in uh, the live. lower fourth also known as Chicago full stop once again wow good to have you here from parts unknown Colorado thanks I'm glad that uh, people just press play and we're here and we see that light come on and we're like hey let's go hey yeah. let's start he's he's like it's, I like it a lot of better when I don't have to look at you <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not I'm, I'm literally 90 degrees like <laughs> yeah I mean and Brent's got those screens and you know I'm looking <laughs> Unfortunately, like he's, he probably so I'm actually instead of sitting at the table, I, I sit in the booth area where I'm running everything and I'm looking through a crack and I keep looking at you would probably just see like my eye looking at you like, oh, oh yeah, it's like, oh, hey. yeah. <laughs> oh, talk to that mic. Yeah. Mm, tell How bad is that mic? Mm, are you wiping your face because you're embarrassed or or sweaty or just no, I, I, sub- I cover my face a lot when I laugh because I don't like to project joy. <laughs> 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 you sound a lot like my mom. Anyway, I saw Joy Projection in oh, the sixties. Oh yeah, before they became New Order. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. I saw a woman named Joy project a ping pong ball once, but that oh. was at a different uh. kind of uh, conference. But we're not talking about women projecting things. We're talking about men. Third man factor. It's actually could be a man, woman, or other. 
I'm sure. <laughs> David, huh? why don't you take this away and let us know what third man factor really is. You got it, Brent. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> Kevin, are you ready? <laughs> I was born ready. Oh, yeah. I got to get ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My die dude's ready. All right. Take it away. Picture if you will. You're stranded on a snow-capped mountain, freezing cold and utterly alone. <laughs> Out of the corner of your eye, you see a shadowy figure. But when you turn to look, there's no one there. A ghost? <gasps> a guardian angel? Could it be? A poorly built robot out to renact its revenge? Yeah, everyone hates when they renact. Or... <laughs> I was raised in Britain. Shut up. <laughs> Out to enact its revenge. Or perhaps a mere figment of your stressed out imagination. Uh, well, hopefully it's this week's topic. If you are out there stranded, kids, third man factor. I've also heard it called third man syndrome. I don't want to call it a syndrome, but it is coined by someone you've probably read before. Mr. T.S. Eliot. Sure. The poem, uh, The Wasteland, the term third man syndrome or factor, depending, like I said, on who's talking, describes the sensation that an unseen presence or sometimes seen is accompanying someone, particularly during life threatening situations. And the, 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 the rub of this is the invisible companion offers comfort, guidance, or even chit chat to distract you from uh, imminent danger. Kevin, you love to chit chat during danger, correct? That's one of your ah, there's nothing I love more. Yeah, just uh, hey, you guys want to go into line of fire and have a conversation about yeah. God? You yeah. know, the interesting thing Prom, about please. snake pits is uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get on a tangent here, but uh, hey, hand me that sword. Uh, if you ever notice, chop. This isn't the first time a ceiling's been slowly inching down toward me. And this is a funny is story. First, Strange the... things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, ooh. it is the first time that a ceiling has been coming down on me with giant spikes sticking out of it. <laughs> hey, hey, no time for love, Dr. Dr. Jones. Oh. Oh. Hey. Um, so the crazy thing about TMS, we're going to call that, uh, we're shortening her up, um, is that tons, and I actually mean tons of people report having had this happen. It's not like, oh, I was there and then someone guided me and then you, you're like, you roll your eyes and never hear about it way more than there could be just for it to be brushed off as a chance thing or a one-off meaning something's going on and we need to get to the bottom of it. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week. I'll go out on a limb and say neither of you have experienced this, though, correct? I don't think you've been no. traipsing through the Andes or in Even the Arctic. Even chit-chatting or... during danger. Uh, you've never been in a... Seriously, though, you've never been in a... I don't mean like you were sick or something. Have you ever been in a life-endangering event like the plane's going down or anything like that? Thankfully, me, no, thankfully. Yeah. No, I don't think I have. I, you know, I've um, I've been in like car wrecks and stuff like that, but not where like... Those are quick. Not like, well, there's no more food and the group is looking at me. Uh, not sure how I feel about that, you know, and then hopefully your your third man comes out and saves you. Anyway, <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, I got a story. There I was. 
staring at Brent right, when we fest. ran out of food. Corey Feldman's on stage, <laughs> and I'm out of magic mushrooms. Oh, my God. There was my third man factor <laughs> syndrome, <laughs> and he guided me to. It's making me think of a White Stripes lyric. Oh, well, you know, not a Corey Feldman lyric, and oh, that's why yeah. I judge you. Break time. When we come back, we're going to get examples of time. Uh, well, time. <laughs> I'm thinking about last week. Third man <laughs> syndrome, because this is, definitely is a different day, and we didn't do this yeah. back to back. <laughs> I've aged a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about third man syndrome, what it could be, what it couldn't be, and all that. That's coming up on Hysteria 5-1. You know, Brent, I've measured out my life in coffee spoons. Now, that's not from the... Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing. I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor. And we use it. Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. <laughs> I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. Isn't it? <laughs> what it, it's like, what are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips you need language in life you need to brush up on stuff maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else somewhere you know who knows well if they're in the one of the 25 rose that's gonna work for you and <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that and there is a 50 percent offer so it is a steal so don't put off learning language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. A today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wastelands, that's from the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock. Oh. By T. S. Eliot. Oh. Uh, so he, uh, so everyone knows the, what's the big one? Everyone knows T. S. Eliot from the, the wasteland Lawrence of Arabia. There you go. You That's know. not T. S. Eliot. Everyone. He talks about that line in there. T. S. Eliot. Very much a, you know, oh, very much okay. a, uh, an Englishman. Yes. <laughs> preferred to, sorry. I was thinking you were coming, you know, you're keeping up with me. I thought I, you were in my head. What was I thinking? Good uh, Lord. An Englishman born in St. Louis. <laughs> he 
Like, I know. I know. I was like, sometimes I don't say the first part of what I talk about, and that's why my wife doesn't love me anymore. No, that's a joke. <laughs> Poor Lisa. She's always like, did you just start in the middle of a sentence? I'm like, I, I think do that so, all the time. What do you mean you don't understand what I'm talking yeah, about? Maybe that's why we're friends. Yeah, maybe we're so. We're friends, right? Hey, we're so good friends. Let's get dangerous. All right. Let's get a little yeah, dangerous. Ready. All right. Darkwing right. Duck. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> I was going to say uh, Blabber and Blazer Skites, but that was uh, Gizbo Duck. Not Wrong Duck. Yeah, wrong Duck. God darn. <laughs> Let's start with the Shackleton Expedition, if we will. And I've written this out for Kevin. Tell us about this 1916 expedition so that you don't fall asleep over there because Kevin's training for a marathon and he's doing a lot of yawning. In 1916, <laughs> Sir Ernest Shackleton and his crew made a perilous journey across the Antarctic. And at the end of it was Kurt Russell. No, I'm just kidding. It was the second expedition <laughs> to Antarctica. Something. It yes. was something. Yeah. <laughs> it was the second expedition to Antarctica led by him, the Imperial Transatlantic Expedition of 1914 to 1917. Hard tack and scurvy as far as the eye could see. <laughs> but I have no fear. <laughs> there was someone there to help them and guide them to safety. A third man, if you will. Dun, dun, dun. Who needs a button when I can just do it? <laughs> Kyle, you're falling a little bit behind, but I still love the uh, the joy you bring into our hearts. Yeah, I love Kyle. Shackleton mm -hmm. reported feeling... Uh, Shatner! <laughs> Shackleton reported feeling an unseen incorporeal presence and even counted one extra when rationing out food. Well, shit. They had become stranded in pack ice for more than two years. Two fucking years. Yeah, yeah, you'll have that. So, yeah, <laughs> no surprise that they endured immense hardships in the attempt to reach safety. And, you know, Shackleton wrote, During that long and racking march of 36 hours over the unnamed mountains and glaciers of South Georgia, it seemed to me often that we were four. Not three. There you got it, man. Jesus uh, Christ, they've misnamed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he went forward uh, to tell the world this news, and it resulted in other survivors of extreme hardships coming forward and telling their stories. And we mentioned T.S. Eliot earlier, um, lines 359 through 365 of that the 1922 uh, The Wasteland poem. They were inspired by Shackleton's experiences, stated the you know the author in the notes included in his work, and it's a reference to the third in the poem that gives the phenomenon the name. That's you're like they misnamed it, but it's the numbers arbitrary. It can be you know as long as there's one person there in peril, one might more might show up. But uh, it's funny how they that works out. So it's always third, but it could how be. How do any we number. know that there's not one there if there's nobody there? This is a tree falling in the forest. That is true. Does it make a sound? Is there a third man when yes. no when no man is present? Mm. <laughs> Ghosts? Incorporal. Incorporal. You're right. Incorporal? In, 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 is that a. Uh, incapable? Is that a bad. Uh, that's a bad uh, uh, military, military porn uh, movie from the 70s. <laughs> oh, <God>. Incorporal. <laughs> Stand at attention. <laughs> Good man. Um, let's not stop uh, at that or at shipwrecks. Um, 
Sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. I was like, sometimes you got to cough when you're talking about porn. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you loosen up after <laughs> Yeah. I turned my head, too. Oh, my God. Climbers, 9-11 survivors, people who have drunk bot booze. They all claim to have experienced this it phenomenon. It says right on the bot booze label, you will see some shit, so fuck those crybabies. Well, first, let me finish what I'm talking before you talk over me. I should never tell you about that because I do that nonstop. And if anything, you're at least honest with your bot booze, so. Yeah. Who, true. who prints those labels? Yeah. <laughs> it's written in crayon over top of whatever bottle he found. Anyway, next up, Charles Lindbergh's transatlantic flight, 1927. Flying alone across the Atlantic, the aviator, he said he sensed invisible beings aboard his craft. Now, that's not one person. He had a party with him. And they're like, um, your baby is in peril, buddy. I don't know if you know that or not. Whoa. But anyway, they spoke to him, offered guidance, and showed him diagrams of the plane's structure, not weird symbolisms like you get in a fucking time mirror. No, no. These were just fucking diagrams and shit, assuring him of a safe journey. Do you believe that he saw that shit and that really happened? Well, it's sure a good thing that he saw it. I mean, that was, what, a 30-hour flight or something Fucking insane. And we did the Charleston just south of Greenland. <laughs> Hell, Limburg fucked her. No, that's uh, different. Someone else. <laughs> we did the tall. And then we were arrested for indecent dancing. Uh, 9-11 World Trade Center survivors. This is mm -hmm. a little closer to home here in 2001. There are accounts from survivors of the attacks who escaped the towers, felt a presence urging them to take specific routes of escape or offering silence. One example, this guy, Ron DeFrancesco, who was working the 84th floor of the South Tower, he said that uh, it was engulfed by smoke and flames and he felt certain he was about to die. Then he sensed a presence beside him that guided him towards the only possible escape route, a stairway, urged him to run, and he came one of the last people to escape the tower before it collapsed. That's a strong fucking uh, thing to say. I'm very happy that happened. Yeah, right? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think the more talking about it, it's going to be at the end, which what it could be. But these are, there's no taking away what your experience was, no matter what it is. Especially you know? in such a horrifying mm -hmm. event as, uh, as that. Uh, Jim Savini's Mountain Descent. Uh, we're going to call this one. 1977. Enter one Canadian mountaineer, a Mr. Jim Savini. He and a friend experienced an avalanche in the Rockies. And unfortunately, his friend isn't, did not survive. But Jim had a badly shattered ankle and had to get down the mountain. Ooh. And as he began his descent, he felt an unseen presence guiding him. The presence directed him to a forest area where he could find shelter and offered comfort and, and guidance through the traumatic ordeal. And he was saved because of it, he says. Wow. An another one. I'm glad it happened. And it's also, it's interesting that they're like, hey, go this way. Even though he says he didn't know where he was going, they got him to safety. That's kind of a, a, a potent thing. I don't know, David, what do you think? It's, yeah, I, I would like to understand these feelings of being guided and being comforted um, while out and about alone. I would, you know, I don't know like what to think yeah. that is. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's right. To... Like it's different if you're seeing it or if you're just like in your head kind of thing. Like I felt it or I heard it. Or yeah. Or is there like a, some kind of physical nudge or, yeah, you know. yeah, 
like in Hellraiser when the chains come out and pull you. Like that. Just like that, you know? Just like that. <laughs> uh, Frank Smith or Smythe's uh, Mount Everest uh, experience, 1933. Dude, try to climb Everest. Yeah, that's... Full stop. <laughs> Something else, man. Um, he reached a high altitude above 28,000 feet and was climbing alone, Whoa. as you don't. Um, <laughs> and he felt uh, the presence of a companion climbing with him. Was it Stallone? It from was. He's a good one. Keep going. Don't go this way. Because the fortune to heat this place. Um <laughs> You <laughs> just take a helicopter. Ooh, hey, here's that. Watch out for John Lithgow. I'm just going to say, <laughs> here's that really scary John Lithgow. <laughs> uh, the sensation was so real that when he later drank from a thermos, he even offered some to an invisible climbing partner. You know, he needed that, right? I don't know if the invisible climbing partner needed whatever was in that <laughs> And when thermos. he got it back, it was fucking empty. <laughs> the prevailing theme here, and I think this is what we got to look at, is that individuals involved credit this third person, third being, you know, whatever, but this, with helping them survive, providing them with emotional or physical strength uh, to, to make it through these unsurmountable odds. And often they say giving them information that they did not know that is the only reason they are alive. That's interesting. And some believe it's a psychological mechanism to cope with extreme stress. Others see it as spiritual or supernatural. Maybe garden angels stepping in or, or something like that. What is it? Well, it could be either those or something else. We're going to break that down and discuss it after this break on Hysteria 51. Go that way. Really fast. Somebody get Not in your that way. way. That's how Turn. I found the bathroom. Can I get a uh, shot uh, of that? Uh, 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 I don't really uh, want to uh, hear about uh, uh, how you feel in the bathroom, Kevin. I no, no, no. no. I said found. How I found the bathroom. Oh, I thought you said how I feel in the bathroom. I don't know. Feel your way around. I don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> let's start with the spiritual aspect of this. And I think there's no one better to talk about the uh, spiritual aspect because someone who is steeped in um, that sort of thing, Kevin Crispin, let us know. Could it be a real uh, spiritual or supernatural encounter? Well, many individuals who have experienced the third man factor believe that they've had a genuine spiritual or supernatural encounter. And you believe that, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> this could be in the form of guardian angels, spirits, or a divine entity like yeah. David Flora. Yeah, that is right. He yeah. does have a, deni a divine entity's voice. I like the guy that offered me his thermos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's dangerous in here. Do you want a sip? <laughs> All right. Okay, well. The adventure mm, begins again. Let's go. Salt, but let's keep going, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and remember now, guys, no. throughout history, humans have believed in unseen forces or beings that guide and protect, lest I have to remind you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They also thought sometime the sun wouldn't come up if they didn't pray hard enough. <laughs> or, like, sacrifice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, for many, these experiences of sharing their... Uh, thermos with a unseen being reaffirm these beliefs. Is that a bad way to look at it, though? Like, yes, yes, it, that's so, correct. <laughs> if you survived and you thought that God helped, is it bad? It's dumb. Uh, I would define well. How do you mean bad? Evil is good because because good is dumb. Sorry, um, <laughs> space balls. <laughs> um, I mean, is it like you know? It, it's not hurting anyone if you feel that way, right? 
Yeah, I guess I don't mind if you feel that, but the moment that your belief that that happened uh, allows you to infringe or harm another person, fuck off. Well, right, but it might also inform other choices that would that's be that's very true. Bad. To, I'm gonna to go make down this road that. in life because I'm gonna run I for an... Congress now. <laughs> All right, we're in the weeds. David, tell us about the evolutionary aspect and get us out of these waters, please. Okay. <laughs> Some theories suggest that the third man factor might have evolutionary roots. Yeah, like these ones I just made up. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people really do think that they, yeah. Early humans who felt an unseen presence during dangerous situations might have been more alert and cautious, increasing their chances of survival. So then over time, this sensed presence could have evolved as an advantageous trait, offering a survival advantage. Excuse me. One second here. Um, that's that's the feeling that someone's looking at you, right? Yeah, that's right. The, like that's so that when I was looking this up, they kind of thought about that. Like that's we don't really know what that is per se, but there is that feeling, and so you go, uh oh, something's something's not right. Yeah, that feeling yeah. of something's not right, and then you go, you know, they're not saying that there wasn't someone there, but that's how it's manifesting, and then maybe in your mind you take it a little further. Right. So it's, there is something. And sometimes when you feel like you're being watched, you are sometimes yeah. when you think that, you know, everyone is like, I tell Kevin all the time, just because he thinks that, you know, the government is eavesdropping on him doesn't mean they're not true. Thank you for always comforting me. <laughs> and the other part of that is there is a need for companionship. Humans are, I don't True. know if you guys know this or not, inherently social beings. Pussies. Most of the time, yes. Yes, a lot of <laughs> you, you can't be alone with yourself. You're in isolation. Something terrible's going on. God, it's six to midnight. Am oh, I right, Kevin? My hey, goodness. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, extreme danger. You got this shit going on. The Who knows what the brain might create? It could make a, a companion to fulfill this need for social interaction and comfort, especially in a time when you are stressed beyond belief. Like, or sharing your thermos. Well, there is reason, though. The feeling of being watched over, not being alone, can provide reassurance. Is it, This is the, the Wilson factor. Oh. Yeah, but he, he manifested it himself. But right, like he yeah. wasn't alone. But then he put so much into that that when that fucking ball was floating away, he's losing Whoa. it like it's a real person. Spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen a 20-year-old movie, I'm uh, sorry. It's 23 years old. You know, of course, we're talking about uh, that. Titanic. No. <laughs> in Corporal Jones 6. And I thought it was, uh, <laughs> in Corporal. Oh, I thought it was... <laughs> Mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you get reassurance and emotional boost. Uh, that makes sense, you know, in, in life-threatening situations. You need a companion. Maybe you make it up. Maybe, or, maybe on, you make up a corporal. Mm, and then later put, you get in and put makeup on a corporal. Um, perhaps it's a psychological coping mechanism. A I PCM. Mean, that's it all kind of ties together, right? Like mm. this is just <laughs> one slave hour. That well, this is a prevalent theory. This is, is that the sour to the to this the is the boop the the, the crap crap on the woo woo or whatever you want to call Aww. it. Mm. They say the third man factor is a psychological defense mechanism. I could see that defense. I think that that makes a landing <laughs> defense. I think this makes a lot of sense. You're faced with life threatening situation. 
or you're extremely isolated or you're under extreme stress, the brain does all sorts of things, create a protective entity to cope with intense situations. This, and I'm using quotes here, entity serves as a distraction or offers you understanding, solace, breaks the overwhelming loneliness. This is because in dangerous or traumatic situations, the brain might go into overdrive mode. Creating Maximum an, overdrive? Yes, um, exactly. Where your brain, your brain turns into a giant truck with a <laughs> clown or a was it the uh the um who was at the front of that uh uh well green goblin ah uh, mm. yeah yeah. Mm. yeah if uh <laughs> familial estevez shows up you're fucked is all i'm saying yeah familial right. estevez so but <laughs> familial <laughs> fellatio um oh, he started in corporal <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, though, it makes sense. The brain does all sorts of This is why people come up with like split personalities and stuff like that. Mm. You know, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to let someone else deal with it, even though it's in you, in your head. Now that's separate, but maybe I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to let someone else deal with it to help me. Yeah. And you're projecting that out there. It really does. Yeah. Staying with the brain. There's also a thing called temporal lobe stimulation. Oh, and they think, Yeah. Neurological research indicates that, Kevin, that, that simulation of Whoa. the temporal lobes in the brain can produce feelings of um, a sensed presence. Someone's there. This could be a consequence of extreme physical conditions like cold, fatigue, low oxygen, maybe even too much oxygen. That means that when mountaineers or explorers, exploiters, mm. explorers, Exploiters sometimes, if they're on the wrong mountain, are in high altitude environments or facing extreme physical conditions, their brains might be subjected to temporal lobe stimulation. As a result, they might sense an unseen presence or fucking lose it. <laughs> One or the other. Hmm. So it's oxygen deprivation. It's One of the reasons it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Or even more with the brain. A disassociative state. Other uh, experts believe that. That's how I got through my 30s. <laughs> that's not me. That was someone that. Yeah. Uh, they think in the face of imminent danger, they just go, nope, and, and they go into disassociative Check state. Check out. Like a protective split in consciousness. Like another, uh, the individual stands outside the situation, right? By separating from trauma or stress or all that shit, you can view the situation from a seemingly at least external perspective um split personality again that's, it could be that that's pretty all, interesting to me yeah all joking aside uh, multiple guests on sad times have um, referred to this where they think of the memories of a traumatic event that they've gone through that they're like looking over it and watching it they're mm -hmm. not experiencing it themselves or the other thing that uh, i've heard a lot on there too is they do not remember them they block them Yes. You know, like, true. like they've, they've put up these blocks. We were talking to someone the other day. Like, I don't remember these years of my life because yeah, I like was five going, years. Yeah. 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 And I think that it could be a combination of a lot of those things that is, you know, the only thing that those don't really explain is how would you get the information of where you needed to go or something like that? Well, there's only, well, I guess I was going to say there's only so many certain ways you can go when going down a mountain. <laughs> But that's I'm not, not trying to just be a, smart a mountain though. No, you know what I mean. Like in the woods, you're lost, yeah. or things like that. Lost? Um, I don't know. It it's also plausible that multiple factors come into play simultaneously. 
you know, and a combination of your brain shit, um, like a combination of physical conditions, mental state, personal beliefs. That's got to be a part of it. Uh, or genuine external stimuli. All this comes together and causes third man experience of some sort. Um, and enough people have had it, like we've said, that it's at least really happening. And um, they've looked into it. So it's, it's you know, no shocker here. Uh, the brain's complex. I think you guys know that. Yeah. And what its reactions it? to extreme conditions might involve multiple processes working in tandem, trying to figure out how to get that out of that fucking situation. Teamwork. Makes the dream work. Especially uh, with uh, one of them is a corporal. <laughs> in, in corporal. Uh, no, no, it's a corporal. And a Lance Corporal uh, Big Bottom or whatever it was. I don't know. I didn't watch the movie you're in, Kevin. I'm sorry. That's the character's name is Lance yeah. Corporal. Lance Corporal. Yeah. So he's like, he's well, a, I guess I got to be a Lance Corporal. He's a sergeant. Uh -oh. Um, oh. All right. <laughs> David, poo-poo on this. Oh, well. You know, maybe it could be just memory distortions. Bullshit. It's not yeah. how I remember it. That ain't true. Uh, I see what you did there. Hey. <laughs> the way an individual remembers an event may not be entirely accurate. Just ask my wife when we're arguing and I remember anything. <laughs> yeah, that's not how it happened. You're wrong. You're wrong. But especially traumatic or high stress events can cause this. Uh, the memory of a sensed presence might be a retrospective construction or enhancement. Yeah. And studies on eyewitness testimony and memory recall have shown that human memory is fallible and can be influenced by various factors. Not even like just memory. Like you're going down the road, right? You're driving and you go, is that a fucking camel? You look over and it's like a, 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 a haystack. You know, your brain fills in uh, what it doesn't have. I, I don't know why I said camel, but you know what I mean? Like, are you looking you're like, is that guy wearing a, you know, a purple hat and you look, no, it's a backpack or something, you know, like yeah. you feel it. I'm, I'm struggling to think of something, but the brain fills in the, it's where the, you... the missing pieces. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do believe like you made that joke about your wife. I do believe that you and I can experience something and remember it completely differently. Sure. Yeah. Even though we are telling the truth. And I'm not saying like, we're telling it so drastically that it could be completely wrong, but you experienced it differently than I did because of your view, how far away you were, how close, you smell, touch, taste, all these things. Hopefully you're not tasting a lot of things in the world, but we'll see. And um, I think that is all something that's got to be taken into. And uh, I think what we're getting at is it's a guardian angel is what. Uh, uh, is, that, is that where we landed? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And is it played by Sam Kinison? Always. Well, I was just talking about that. <laughs> When I was working on this, I was like, did you ever see the uh, the Married with Children when Al electrocutes himself and Sam Kinison plays the Garden Angel? So he like stands up. He's like, hey, are you uh, he looks like Al Bundy? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, you bastard. He's looking up at the sky. You sick bastard. This is a sick joke. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm, your, I'm your angel, Bundy. <laughs> yeah. There is a, um, a, a an additional type of occurrence of this mm -hmm. it's not just you know people are out in the wilderness and shit it's when they're driving down the road and suddenly they just get this feeling or hear, hear a voice that's like slow down like don't go there or kind like of thing. you know or or like veer off mm. or something and then they like come like a couple seconds later to a 
a hill in the road and a, a semi is like on the wrong side of the road, like barreling down and comes is, over the hill and just oh, misses yeah. them or something. And people, there are several stories of this where people experience something telling them, don't do this, like alter your course. And, and then they do, and it's basically saves their life. And they, that, and people point to that as proof of guardian angels. But it's this, it's, it's this third man syndrome. It's man, that's a lot. And it's, um, it all goes into, is it, you know, this, your lizard brain kicking in and, and you're talking to yourself, not talking to yourself, but or something like that. Or, I mean, is it, you know, is there something I, out there helping you? I would put some money on the fact that it could be a, a, a combination. Like we had said, um, a lot of memory distortion and going back and, and putting something on the situation um, that maybe you you just checked out and can't remember exactly how you feel mm. or felt in that situation. But when you remember it, you're like, no, I something told me to, to do this and therefore I did it or something like that. Well, think of how many people that go, something just made me think or something just made and me go there you know when they're describing things i would also bet that people would say no i felt this in the moment at the time mm. but i don't know how much you can trust because how long after the fact were they telling the story or did they remember the events is the and audience so they're speaking to uh, an audience that would be very receptive to saying something like that I don't. Th I don't think uh, that would be a factor to the person who. Well, says a lot of these that. are coming up. Just they're just coming out and saying this. I think this, they yeah. would just say that. And, and, okay. And maybe they have heard of something like this, or a guardian angel, or some kind of thing, some some concept that um, we've talked about with this, and they're applying it to that. Because one person might say guardian angel, another person might say no, it was just some kind of voice telling me. Well, if it's not a guardian angel, then... Who was it? Who could it possibly be? Was it... Oh, I don't know. Say it! That's, that's the only other explanation, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. You were just skirting around that, and you didn't want to say Satan's it. Satan's a good guy. Hey, <laughs> can I point out, he's the one doing the punishing of the bad people? No. He's the good guy. Uh, we uh, we have a free thought problem over here. <laughs> Evil greed is good. Uh, listen to me now. Anyway, uh, as long as you get home, I'm going into my doctor or my doctor, my doctor, my uh, my minister there. As long as you get home, it's a win-win. So call it what the hell you want. You know, it was a guardian angel or a split personality or Cthulhu. I don't give a shit. Hopefully, Crom. whatever your experience was, it's not for me to take away, though I happily do that on this show all the time and make, and make <laughs> my own experience. Alright, so that's been our thoughts. Have you ever experienced something like this? We would love to hear that. Let us know. You can do that by, well, you can email us weird at hysteria51.com you can tweet to us. Don't tweet to us. Never mind that. Uh, you can go to Facebook, though, and look up Hysteria Nation. That is our Facebook group. Also, Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod is a great place to go. And uh, also, while you're going places, Patreon.com. You can find Hysteria51 on there. Extra episodes, Up All Nights, Mad Blur, Hysteria's radio dramas, lots of fun photos, 
all sorts of shenanigans we had from one dollar on up and you get all that stuff from for one dollar and then voicemail seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven this is the first of a new this is uh the first in season 15 so we got a voicemail episode coming up here david Ooh, pretty oh soon and uh hysteria 51. <laughs> <laughs> we do need some more of those right uh, uh hysteria 51 you can find all that and you can even leave a, a voicemail through there click on the microphone uh, I don't think there's any other podcasts in the world worth listening to, right? Other than this one, that's I think that's stop. well, blurry photos. Oh, that's right, blurry photos. Uh, five minute frights, Ooh. quiz, quiz, bang, bang, wow. and then sad times, sad times, sad oh. times is the podcast that I host, Brent, that you produce. Mm. Uh, sad times is a podcast where every week we have a kind and generous guest come on and talk about times they were. Sad, upset, angry, frustrated, or going through just horribly difficult times. Now, uh, we do on sad times, when appropriate, we do like to have some levity. We do have some laughs around these things. But uh, it's really kind and generous guests who tell their stories so that people at home can listen to those and feel a little bit less alone. You can learn more about it at sadtimespodcast.com. And please go check it out and follow it and subscribe on all of your podcast platforms. Thank you, Brent. And uh, here's a quick clip from it. Uh, and that's when my my dog died. <laughs> Kevin is not really good with the, the yeah, soundboard, I mean, but he's figuring it out. Yeah, I'm doing my best. <laughs> doing my best, guys. <laughs> with that said, I've been Brent. I've been Kevin. I've been David. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. We'll be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.